by the word that he brings tonight. Give Ray Bench a warm welcome to our pulpit tonight. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor. Amen. Give Pastor a good hand clap. Thank God for a good pastor. Amen. Amen. You bring a Bible? Yeah. Praise God or something with a Bible on it. You know, the day's changed. Amen. Anymore when you preach, it's like you have to preach to two churches. The one you're from and the one that's coming around you. Hallelujah. Amen. If I I talk about PayPal, the older people are all wondering who my friends are. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Uh, Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Acts chapter 3, and we'll get going in the scriptures. I brought some CDs. I'll just talk about one real quick, and then I'll get going. But I want to talk tonight on the anointing on the ministry of help. Say the anointing. anointing. You know, God doesn't want to just anoint the preacher. He wants to anoint the preacher. But he wants to anoint you and I, the common man. Say the common man. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, You know, everybody has parts of the scriptures that probably, as you read, they encourage you more than others. Amen? And uh, tonight, we're going to talk a lot about Peter. I like Peter. Um, Peter couldn't get out of his own way. Have you ever been there? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Um, The beauty to Peter, he's like a light switch. You know, I mean, he's either all on or all off. There's no in-between with this brother. Praise God. You know, who do men say that I am? You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And by the way, I'm going to tell you what to do. (laughs) How do those two even fit together? Amen. In other words, you're God's son. You're the Messiah we've all been waiting for. And by the way, I'm going to adjust your ministry. Right. Just be quiet, Peter. Amen. Don't make Jesus call you the devil. That's a bad day. Amen. (laughs) But uh, that's, so that's what we'll talk about. I, I brought, you know, most of what I talk about is all helps related. I call this one strike the rock, and I'll I tell you why. You know, in the Old Testament, when the people wanted to leave the valley of sin, the Bible says that they didn't have enough strength or enough water to leave the wilderness and to make their way all the way through it. Traveling in their day and our day, two different things. If you left, to go through the wilderness, and you didn't have enough water to get to the other side, you didn't have a place to pull over, hit a 7-Eleven, and you go again. You die. Right. You can live longer without food than you can without water. And so when they got ready to leave, you have to calculate, can we carry enough to get us to the next spot where there's water? Amen? Yeah. It's, this isn't a game to them. You either get this right or there is no tomorrow. Amen. You watch your children die right in front of you. So as they got ready to leave, the Bible says the people came to Moses and said, we don't have enough. We can't make it out of here to the next place. Moses goes to God and God says to Moses, he said, then take your rod and strike the rock, remember? And water flows out of the rock. Reading, and I realized that in the New Testament, Jesus stood up in the temple and he said this. He said, if any man thirsts, come let him drink of me and he will have rivers, say rivers, rivers, of living water. The great type and shadow or a picture in the Old Testament. Some people are teaching today, don't read the Old Testament. But you see, the New Testament is in the Old Testament. You can't literally not separate the two. Come on. The, Old Testament, or the old-time Pentecostals used to say it this way, that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Yes. That they mirror one another and teach each other. Amen? So in the New Testament, Jesus comes along, stands in the temple. He says, if any man thirsts, let him come drink of me. 
So the picture is Jesus standing there saying, if you want to leave the valley of sin, I'll show you how. God looks down and he says, and strike the rock, which is Christ. And when Christ was struck for you and I, the water of the Holy Spirit was poured out, and if any man thirsts, you can come drink of that spirit and receive life everlasting. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah. So that's just kind of a little bit about the teaching. Uh, again, most of what I teach is all about the, the ministry of helps. At that time, I just took some types and shadows from the Old Testament because I enjoy it. Yeah. Amen. I enjoy it. It brings life to me. I saw some things I hadn't seen. So anyways, those are back there. Praise the Lord. You find Acts chapter 3. We're talking about Peter, John here in Acts chapter 3, verse 11. It says this. It says, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter. Just hold that phrase just a little bit. When Jesus found Peter, what was he? A fisherman. Just Brother, I like to say he was us. You're talking, you know, amen? It, he was us. He went with Jesus three, three and a half years for all that period, and he took care of the fish and the loaves. He remember Jesus said, Go cast your cast in the, you know, your for the fish, and you get the fish with the gold coin. I'm sure he had never, and all the fish Peter had pulled out of the water. Amen. That was the only one with the gold coin. Amen. It pays to listen to your pastor. Praise God. Amen. I know everybody said, hey, you know, that's a good idea. Praise God. But this, that was where Peter was when Jesus found him. Amen. So here we see him now, and Jesus is gone. He's, you know, he's ascended. Peter's there, him and John, and they are heading up to church to pray. They're not preaching that day. They're just going to prayer. And as they go up there, this lame man who everybody has walked past. You understand, in that day, to get to the gate beautiful in the temple, you know, the temple wall, the outer wall going all the way around is about a half mile square. It's a big place. But as you narrowed your way in, everybody walks past these gates to get their way in towards, you know, where the actual main temple is. So they walk past this lame man. Everybody did. Peter goes to walk past him. He says, you know, can I have some alms? In this day, there is no Medicaid. You, you know what I'm talking about? The Romans sure don't care if you starve to death. So he's standing outside of the church asking God's people, would you please help me? And these people all walk past him. All of a sudden, he reaches out to Peter, and Peter says, silver and gold I don't have. What I do have, I'll give to you. And he picks him up by the arm, and that man's legs straighten out. And he begins to stand up for the first time in his life, I believe, and he begins to dance and shout, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, he's holding on to Peter. You know, when you've never been over three feet tall all your life, amen? He, this is new to him. He's holding on to, to Peter, and he goes into the temple to praise God. I mean, he doesn't just go home. Say, I got my miracle, I'm out of here. He goes into the temple, and he begins to shout. That's where we're going to pick up this story, verse 11. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, and they were greatly amazed. And when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, and he said, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this, or look at us so intently as, as though through us, or our own power or godliness, we have made this man to walk? In other words, Peter saying, I didn't do this. Don't you love a good, humble, honest gospel answer? Amen? I didn't do what you guys are seeing. If you look in the modern translations where it says, talks about, you know, Peter seeing this crowd, it says, 
and Peter seen his opportunity. This crowd that had just all walked by, thousands of them, this lame man, now see him coming in with Peter, holding on to his arm, and just going crazy praising God. Well, this crowd forms. Just pause. That's why we need the miracles back in the local church. That's why we need, for the sake of this man and for the sake of the sinner man, because it gets the sinner's attention. I'll, I'll tell this story and then I'll move on. I don't know if you, anybody of you ever heard of the late John Osteen. Pastor Osteen, my pastor's pastor, he's gone home to heaven. He had a great television ministry before he went home to heaven, reached the whole world, never asked anybody to help him, not a dime. Here's how they got their television equipment. Lord spoke to him, and he said, now one day, he said, I'm going to tell you when, and you're going to take up an offering for TV equipment, but don't do it until I tell you. So he told the church congregation, one day we're going to buy equipment, one day we're going to do all this, but not yet, just be in prayer. We'll see what the Lord does. Church continued to grow. They were a thousand, couple thousand, whatever they were. Big sanctuary, and he got up, and he would read prayer requests and then pray for people. And so in this auditorium, as we might call it, his church, he stands up and there's a, a gentleman who wrote and said, Pastor Osteen, I'm so sick, I can't function anymore. I can't take care of myself. I have to be on crutches or a wheelchair all the time. Could you please, please pray for me? I need to be healed so desperately. So he said, brother, wherever you are, you know, you don't know everybody when the church grows that big. He says, brother, wherever you are, just stand up. I want to pray for you right where you are. So this gentleman stood up about two-thirds of the way in the back of the congregation. Standing there, he began to limp his way back or towards the front. Pastor Osteen said, no, just stop. I'll pray for you where you are. He kept coming. He said, brother, you just stay. I'll pray for you. He kept coming. Well, it was taking forever because he was in such bad physical shape. And as he began to come, Pastor Osteen said, well, let me just pray for you. And as he got about halfway to three-quarters of the way up front, the power of God hit that man, and yeah. he began to pitch his crutches. He began to throw his, his, all of the, you know, the stuff that's around your legs. And he ran up front, and he just started dancing up front, just enjoying the presence of God and the miracle-working power of God. Yeah. And somebody, this is how smart the Holy Spirit is. Come on. Somebody stood up and had a word of prophecy and said, now if you had TV equipment, this, would, this miracle would have blessed <laughs> would have blessed the world. Yeah. And he, they stood up and took an offering, and a million, some hundred thousand dollars came in in yeah. one offering right. for television equipment. Right. Right. We need the miracle. Say the miracle. The miracle. We need the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit back in the local That's church. Great. We're trying too hard to do what God could do so easy. Can you say That's amen? Good, man. Amen. So Peter, standing here this day, sees his congregation, he sees his group, and he's People will listen to you when you walk with the true God. Can you say amen? I mean, you know, not maybe not every day, but you have to understand, these people, he had their attention. It had gripped the human soul what had happened to this man. And Peter begins to preach, and you can go down through the rest of these verses, all that he preaches. Let's pick it up here in Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Now, as they spoke, that's Peter and John, the people... To the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. We might call this, this the temple or the church security team. Amen? Right. Yeah, this isn't the Romans and such. This is, these guys secure the temple for the high priest. They see this crowd beginning to form, but not in church, just outside the church. 
and being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Stop. That is not a popular message because the high priest just killed Jesus the Christ. Right? Yes. He paid the Roman soldiers to lie about the resurrection. Right. He has a field that he paid through Judas that he doesn't even want, trying to silence Jesus' resurrection. Not making them happy that these two men are standing outside preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Because they are emptying the temple accounts trying to shut this sermon down. Come on. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day. In other words, it's too late. You know, charismatics, they always got to have a late night service, hallelujah. Well, it's too late, hallelujah, amen, to lock them down. The high priest already gone home today, take a nap, praise God, so they wait till the next morning. Four, however, many of those, say many, many who heard the word believed and the number of men came to be about 5,000. So on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people are added to the, to the church. Now we have an additional 5,000 people all added to the church. Verse 5. You'll pause at verse 5 because we'll come back to this. Let's go take something into context. John, sorry, Matthew chapter 26. If I was to say to you about Peter, I said, how many times did Peter deny the Lord? What's the answer to that? Three times Jesus said, I don't know him. Isn't that correct? Let's look at this in chapter 26, Matthew 26, 57. And those who laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas. Say Caiaphas. Now, I don't know if it's Caiaphas, Caiaphas. I don't know how Pastor Jolliffe preaches it here, but you just stick with me. That's how I learned it. That's what we're going with. Amen? (laughs) If he has a smarter, better Greek interpretation, then good for him. I don't. This is all I know is Caiaphas. He was the high priest where the scribes and the elders were assembled. So when they grabbed Jesus, when Judas went out and he found Jesus, told them the Romans where he was, and they drug him back, Caiaphas is the guy, because we just got to study him for a little bit. Caiaphas is the guy who paid for this all to happen, right? He was the one that manipulated Peter, or sorry, Judas. When when Jesus said to, to Judas, he said, you know what you do, go do quickly. That was the plan he hatched with this guy. Amen. When it says the devil entered Judas, that's who was working with him. Caiaphas. I'd hate to be doing a contract with the guy that Jesus said the devil's in him. Yeah. You might feel like you work for him. Praise God. Let's read on. <laughs> and it says here, it says, Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. So you understand? This is all happening in Caiaphas's house. Jesus' whole Right, this whole trial that we're watching is all happening in his house. Verse 69, let's skip down for the sake of time. Now, as Peter sat outside in the courtyard, a servant girl came to him saying, you were also with Jesus of Galilee, but he denied it, that's once, before them all saying, I do not know who you are saying, what you are saying, 71. When he had gone out of the gateway, another girl said to him, said, said to those who were there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth, verse 72. But again, that's the second time, he denied with an oath, saying, I do not know the man. 
He's swearing. This is twice. He isn't even talking to Caiaphas. He's just talking to the girls that work for the guy. 72, but again, he denied, said, I do not know the man. A little later, verse 73, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you are one of them for your speech betrays you. And he began to curse and swear. Saying, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Peter remembered the word that Jesus said to him and said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Now, here's the way this works. Jesus said to them, he said, pray that you would not enter into temptation, correct? But they didn't pray, they slept. Decided that pastor was exaggerating, we don't need to have another prayer service, I'm okay. And in their sleeping, instead of praying, they never had the power, say the power. The power of the Holy Spirit to overcome their temptation. So all of the disciples leave. You know the story. They all book it. And Peter goes on and he denies the Lord not once, not twice, but three times exactly what Jesus told him would happen. And he is so grieved, it cuts him to the heart. The Bible says here that he went out and he wept bitterly. Man, what have, what, you ever just blow it? If you haven't, I can raise both hands for me, <laughs> amen? Yeah. He just, of all the mistakes Peter made, sinking in the water, telling Jesus not to go to the cross. Right. This is, this is, in my opinion, by far his biggest blunder. Now, that's important. Let's go back to Acts chapter 4 where we were, verse 5. Peter's in prison. He's been there all night. This guy gets healed yesterday. He's in prison for it. They pull him out here in verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes as well as Annas the high priest and Caiaphas. That's important. John and Alexander and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered there together at Jerusalem. Don't you think Peter remembers these people? Don't you think he recognizes them from just a few months? You know, when we talk about the resurrection or Christmas, these things get fragmented and separated. That's not how it was. This is just a few months before, less than six from what I can tell, that Peter had made the biggest blunder of his life. And now this man gets healed at the gate, beautiful. He comes up out of the prison, and when he he is brought into this arena to make defense of what has happened, and standing there, he looks out and he remembers everybody. He knows what they are capable of. He knows how vicious they can be. He knows how murderous. He watched them take Jesus and whip him to the the meat was hanging off the bones of his back. He watched them crucify him. You know what I'm talking about? He saw the whole thing. In addition, he has the guilt of making his mistake. Brother Ray, you're not really encouraging me on the ministry of helps. You just stay with me. We're going places. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? I haven't lost my thought. Amen? We're, we're right there. Because what Caiaphas, Annas, and the rest of them never calculated was between the day that they so intimidated Peter that he denied the Lord, and this day, Peter has had an encounter with God. Jesus said to Peter, he said, 
Don't leave Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And for whatever reason, this time Peter listened to his pastor. He said, yes, sir. You call prayer, I'm coming to prayer. I don't understand this. I don't know what we're doing. I've never been in a church like this before. A little bit weird in my opinion. But if you say do it, I'm done doing things my own way. Don't you love it when people will finally listen to you? Yes. And in that upper room, for the first time, 120 people get the baptism of the Holy Spirit that had been prophesied over them. And this beginning of the New Testament church starts. Peter comes down out of that upper room and 3,000 people for the first time give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ because the fisherman has had an encounter with God Almighty. And this day coming up out of that prison, Caiaphas has no idea what he's about to encounter. That he's he's not the same Peter he had intimidated just a few months before. He's had an encounter with God Almighty, and he's a completely different person, though he's the same man. Let's read it. That's good. Verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked him, By what power or by what name have you done this? You talk about he's a God of the second chance. What are the chances that you would come right back around all these months later to being brought in front of these same people you have just denied the Lord in front of just a few months before. And standing there, and they give you the mic, and they say, tell us how you did this. Oh, are you kidding me? I thought you'd never ask. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if this day we are judged for a good deed, done to a helpless man, and by what means he has been made well. In other words, you want to know how the crippled got healed. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we, Christ wasn't his last name. That was the Messiah. Yeah. All of the Jewish people waited for one person, the Messiah. Right. There's a lot of people who said they were the Messiah, but Jesus really was. When Peter stood up and he said, you you were looking for and you killed the Messiah. He's talking to the high priest. These people all know who he's talking about. You know what I mean? This is just a few months before. Let it be known, all of you, that by the name of Jesus, how did I heal him? Through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Brother, you tell me alarms just went off. Cut his mic. Sit this man down and up. In the middle, you understand Caiaphas is is tired of trying to shut this thing down. Standing now in front of everybody, thousands of people, is this stinky fisherman. Isn't supposed to know these things. He isn't supposed to have this kind of boldness. He isn't supposed to know the power of God like this. Peter stands up and he says, In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, there it is again, By him, this man stands before you whole. He's a stone which the builders rejected. And brother, he goes on and he preaches one of the finest sermons ever. You see, all that time working in the helps ministry, rowing through the night, late night sermons, early morning, building the fires and doing the work of the ministry, and all of that was a preparation for what God was going to do in Peter's life. Yes. 
In the call of God, God can tell you, you'll be the fisher of, of men. But it takes the power of the Holy Spirit for that part of your ministry to begin to manifest. The call is not the anointing. It takes the call to bring the anointing, but you have to pray in the anointing for your call. Acts 10.38 says this. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So that verse teaches us that even Jesus Christ, the man's side of him, needed the anointing to do the miracles. If Jesus needed to be anointed, where does that leave me and you? Awesome. This is why I don't want to turn to church into smoke machines and light shows. Because it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Say the power. power. It's the power that changes a man's life. it's, it's the move of the Holy Spirit. It's the encounters with God that changes, that move us from one person into another. Hey, can I tell you something? I, I love everything about God. I, I really honestly oh, yeah. do. I, I really, as God, I really do. You know what I mean? Everything God does is wonderful. I'll tell you what blesses me. Peter was the common man. Yeah. He's, you understand how out of his league he is? The, the chief priest doesn't just know Hebrew. He grew up Hebrew. He was immersed in the languages of the day. Nobody had more training than the high priest. The problem is knowledge is different than an encounter. The priest had the knowledge. He He had the position. He had all of these things. Peter had an encounter with God. And the man with the encounter with God has something to say to the nation. Can you say amen? Yeah. That's what I'm here to t- try to tell. I don't know about you. I'm not the most educated man in the room. I've never been accused of being the smartest or having the highest IQ. But this I know. I was, I was eating a peanut butter sandwich, minding my own business, and Jesus Christ stepped in my room and said, I want you to teach. Shortly, <laughs> Amen. Right. Shortly after that, In early morning prayer, seeking the Lord for my part, the Holy Spirit began to move and this anointing has began to work over and over again in my life. I don't have the education of some. You understand, Peter doesn't, his family doesn't rub shoulders with the right people down at the temple to get meetings. No, he doesn't know anybody who knows anybody who lives on the right side of the tracks. Do you know what Peter smelt like when Jesus met him? Fish. Fish. I I go to the Philippines, I go down to the, to where the boats come in with all the fish, you don't have to guess which one of the people got off the boat. Come on. Yes. I can go through our church and I can tell you which one of the people in our church has a wood burner. Right. I don't have to guess. Right. Not a prophet. Right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm one of them. I got an outside wood burner, but you know why? Because that you know what I mean. That smoke gets on you. I don't care how how far away I try to throw the wood in. I smell like smoke. Let me tell you what Peter smelled like. You understand, three, three and a half years before this day, he's fish, guts, scales, and eyeballs. He grew up on a boat. Right. It's all the kid knows. Right. And in the middle of his life comes Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and this encounter with God changes everything about that simple fisherman. Yes. And God takes him, and he pushes him out in front of the nation. He says, Peter, now tell your story. God, these people have all this background. They have all this education. This is the, this is the who's who right. of our religion. Yes. 
Jesus stands there and he says, but they don't have what you had. You had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Tell them about it, Jesus. Tell them what's happened in your life. And standing there, for the first time, his foot doesn't get in his mouth. And he's changed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he has something to tell his nation. And 5,000 people give their lives to the Lord. See, when the anointing gets on the armor bearer, when the anointing gets on the helper, when the power gets on the called, it's a whole different story than just walking along having a lot of good religion. I don't know where you live. It's none of my business where you live. I found Jesus Christ laying underneath my desk in the early morning trying to, trying to be a good armor bearer for my pastor. Minding my own business, not thinking I was anything special, the Holy Spirit would begin to talk to me and to tell me and to show me what he wanted done and to begin to help me to flow with my pastor. We were down in uh, Durham, North Carolina, just outside of Raleigh a little ways. It's big, um, not a big church, but it's a big congregation inside of a small church. You know what I mean? Like literally standing room only. And, and as pastor was up front, he said, you know, I see something in the spirit. And as, as he did, I've been begging God to open my eyes to see what pastor saw. Standing there that day, pastor's getting ready to, to me. He said, I see, and he went on, and he said, I see a hammer in the spirit. And when he did that, I knew where he was going. And I started to make a beeline over to the side here, about three rows back. Was, she was on the second row. I started to head for the third row to get behind her to catch her because I knew exactly where he was going. And I stopped and I said, hey, I, the, the helps guy can't beat the prophet to the prophecy. That isn't going to work. Right. So I had to stop and let him pass me by and then run and catch. But after it was all over, I said, I'm getting it. Yeah. I'm getting in my flow. I'm finding, you know what I'm talking about? Sure. I'm finding my place. My wife Janine and I were on the road not too long ago, and she, she did a children's ministry. She's been working in, with our children's ministry back in Midland. She, she came back to the hotel room afterwards. I said, how'd it go? She said, wonderful. This is how you live? I said, this is what I live for. Yeah. That feeling of, I walked with God today. Yes. I did the impossible. I helped somebody see what I've seen. I've seen a move of the Holy Spirit. I did what I didn't think I could do. I've, if I can say it this way, by the power of the Holy Spirit, no man takes credit. I just changed a human soul today. Come on. It was worth every fight I had to get through to get to this point. Yeah. I'm sure that's where Peter's, when 5,000 people, decided to change their eternal destiny from hell into heaven because the fisherman stood up and he said, I've got something for this nation. Right. I've got something for these people. Right. And he just began to tell what had happened to him and what he knew about working with Jesus for the last three, three and a half years. I like to say it this way. He's the God of the common man. Yeah. You don't have to be somebody special. You don't have to rub shoulders. You don't have to know somebody who knows anybody. Stand up and tell your story. Stand up. You don't have to understand all the Greek and the Hebrew and the deep words and all of that. Stand up and tell your story. Yes. That's why I keep going back to my peanut butter sandwich because that's where I was when God came into my life and changed me. Yeah. I, I was reading Brother Hagen. Um, Brother Hagen wrote a book on prayer. I got filled with the Holy Spirit reading his book on prayer. Wow. 
And Janine and I were up at Central Michigan University. We're on campus. I lived at 110 Cherry Street. I can still remember. Gray house. I was on the, the north bedroom top floor. That night, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. There was no way to text or call, you know, no smoke signals back in the day, hallelujah. <laughs> so I walked to her house where she lived off campus and I knocked on her window, and she came out and because we were both seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, you know, honey, I said, Janine, it's happened. I got filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. Well, on my way that night, as I walked along, the stars in the sky began to move. Well, we didn't do that in the Lutheran church. That was, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. This was a first for me. Yeah. And as I walked along, those stars began to move, and they would form a perfect cross, and then to a seven, and then back to a perfect cross, and then back to a seven. I didn't know what that meant. Right. I just, okay. And I just kept walking. I wasn't afraid of it, but I didn't understand it. And when I told Janine that night what had happened, we were just dating at the time. We are talking 1985. I said, this is, this is what I saw. I saw this seven. I saw this cross. And I, I said, I don't know what they meant. Seven nights later from that night, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. How about that? It was the beginning of God teaching me how to flow with him. It was yeah. the beginning of God saying, I've got a plan for you. It was, you know what I'm talking about? Sure. It was a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit that he would bless the common man. Yeah. I didn't have to be somebody special. My family didn't have to have ties and connections. I didn't always understand all the deep meanings of all the Bible languages, but I met God. This that I'm talking to you about tonight, I can go verse after verse after verse, but I, for the sake of time, I think we'll wrap up here. Maybe on Sunday, go a little bit further, but this, this is what I'm here to talk to you about tonight. There's a, there's a Holy Ghost anointing for the help team. Yes. There's a way to step into this office, whether you're an usher, whether you're a deacon, whether you're Peter, James, John, Paul, God has an anointing of the Holy Spirit that's there for you and me. You might prophesy, you might not. You might share one at a time with the children, you might not. You might go to a funeral and say something that gets somebody saved, you might not. But God has an anointing for every one of us. Yeah. And he can just, you understand, John was a fisherman too. I talked about Peter, but John was a fisherman too. All they knew is Jesus Christ stepped in their life and he changed everything about them. That's all I'm trying to get people to do. Get out there. When you get around people, you tell your story of what Jesus has done in your life. Jesus Christ kept his word to Peter. Follow me and I'll make you a fisher of, amen, of men. But it took the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not just the call. It took the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not just God calling him to do that. It took that spiritual anointing to do what he was called to do. Can yes. you say amen? Yes. amen? Give the Lord a good hand clap. I'll pray, and then we'll go ahead and move on. Father, thank you for this wonderful congregation. Thank you that you take the common man. 